Are you ready? Because it's time to go lead everything. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the show. We have a tremendous guest on this week, a woman of strong character, passion, and fortitude. She is the CEO and founder of Christy Love Williams and helps consultants boost their level of confidence and communication skills to be seen on camera. Her birthday is just around the corner, so happy birthday to you, Christy Love, and welcome to the GLE Podcast. Thank you so much, Philip. Awesome. I am so happy to be here. This is an honor to actually be on your show. So. Pleasure is all mine. I've been following your content on social and wanted to bring you on. I want you to share some of your wisdom with the GLE audience. So tell us a little bit about where you're from, your background, a little bit of your story so we can get to know you better. All right. Well, I've boy moved many different places. I was born in Michigan, actually, in Detroit, uh, Michigan. Ooh, ooh, okay. Represent Detroit. <laughs> there you go. But I, at around age 20, I got a cool opportunity to work for uh, a corporate company called Skechers USA. Within that company, I had the honor to work with many different leaders in multi-billion dollar corporations. And I was pretty young at that time and I was fearful of speaking. I could never talk to someone, especially not like we are doing now, Phil, one-on-one. So I was terrified. I mean, I got the jitters. I would want to just cry and literally run away when someone tried to talk to me or if I was in a meeting. So I knew I had a problem there, but I knew that communication and building your confidence was so important. So at that time, I took a leap of faith and joined Toastmasters. Not sure if you're familiar with Toastmasters or yeah. your audience is, but that group really helped me transform my life. Very cool. It's a great group. Actually, uh, joined a local Toastmasters here in Houston, and um, it's a great opportunity to get better and practice speaking in a very safe place. Uh, really cool what Toastmasters has done. And we're up in Detroit. Did you do you know I went to Wayne State in Detroit, Michigan? Oh, did you? I'm a, a, I'm, I'm a Detroit boy. Hey. So, uh, what party? What part of Detroit? Mother's from east side, dad's from the west side. So Eight Mile and Mendota is most there of you go. Out. There you go. <laughs> Very cool. So as you began your journey of speaking, tell us about a t- time where you had to overcome and get up there. And you talked about some of those feelings you felt speaking, you know, all, the, all that nervousness. How do you overcome that? What do you, what do you got to do to overcome those things? Well, for me... First, I had, to, I had the desire. I mean, I was pushed into an opportunity that I had to make a change right that minute. I lived in Washington State at the time, and Skechers actually moved me to California, Paradise. So that, I worked on the beach. I lived on the beach. Wow. You know, I had this fancy job, glass <laughs> office overlooking the ocean, and yeah. I couldn't speak. That's awesome. <laughs> so I knew I had to make a change. So I did a little soul searching myself and I'm joining Toastmasters. And I guess the, that was the major pivoting or ch- uh, change for me was that, I mean, I was put on a spot. I mean, I, I was in those meetings where I just right. wanted to, to just run out the back door. And I knew I had a problem. 
but I, they kept pushing me, pushing me forward. Mm-hmm. So uh, when I joined Toastmasters, it was the scariest thing of my life. Kid you not. I, the office building was about an, right across the street. I got off of work at five o'clock. It started around seven o'clock and I sat in the parking lot for two hours screaming, hyperventilating. I mean, I was wow. a whole, you know, whole different person of terrified, petrified, hyperventilating, screaming at my mother for two hours. I was scared to go in the door. Wow. But you know what? I kept doing it and I kept doing it and I kept doing it and I kept doing it until I got over that hump. Mm-hmm. And then I helped others and then I helped more and then became leader. And different officer um, positions within the organization. Mm-hmm. And I moved all the way up to president, came wow. president of chapters, actually, and, and joined multiple contests. So that was pretty much a leap forward. But it took a while. It took, for me, it took a few months. A few months. Yeah. I think about six months. Of What's, cool. What's cool about that is you recognize that need and, and you really dove into it. You forced yourself into those uncomfortable situations. And I think that's really how we can move forward is challenging ourselves to do those uncomfortable things. Did you ever play music or have to do, you know, do anything up in front of people when you were younger? I did, but nothing. I I guess I said that fear is some, most people are more fearful of public speaking than they are of of dying. And (laughs) yes, I played the instrument. I played clarinet. (laughs) I was like placed second in clarinet. From junior high school, I loved dancing, so I was always center of attention dancing, mm-hmm. uh, different um, what do you call it, talent shows. But speaking is a whole wow. different ball game. It really is. Jerry Seinfeld has a joke about that: how people would rather be in the casket than giving the eulogy at oh, a funeral. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, easily dumped off a cliff. <laughs> it is funny how that that works. So, what internal self talk do you? Do you battle still to this day? Obviously, you've become a mature public speaker. Do you still to this day battle some internal self-talk and and, uh, feelings as you're getting up to speak? Oh, of course. I think we all do. Now I've trained myself to really like just shake it off, keep going, shake it off and keep going. Where before... It, it took a lot. It took a lot. I mean, I'd meditate in the morning. <laughs> Every morning for 20 minutes, I'd meditate in the evening. I'd meditate before I walk in. And there was all this negative self-talk about you're not good enough. They're going to laugh at you. They're going to criticize you. And I think it was when I recognized that, hey, you know, everyone's doing the same thing. It doesn't matter. I'm here to get better. Mm-hmm. And that kind of, kind of moved away. The negative self-stock still comes, mm-hmm. but now I've trained my brain to easily kind of push that away and keep going. Like I'm within a, Tony and I, you know, Tony's one of our mentors and 365 driven, um, but uh, we were in a contest together and it's like, geez, I've done multiple, many of these contests. Why do I have the butterflies and why am I nervous? But now I can just easily just, you know, just plow through it and do it anyway because I know it's natural and everyone has them. Right. I always find it fun perspective to just think about if I was in the audience because if you're watching somebody up there on stage, you don't really care. 
you know, you're not, you're not really worried about how nervous they are or, or anything like that. Or, you, you know, it's, you're not even thinking about it. So, you, you know, when you get up there and you think people are all like thinking about you, they're, they're not. They're not. No, they're not. So are there any key habits or techniques that you employ that have really helped you along the way? to um, practice certain speaking techniques? You know, you say you, you overcome that self-talk quickly. Are there, are there tools in your toolbox that you use to do that? Or is it just more of a repetition practice sort of thing? I think it's both. Number one, I did a lot of medit- I do a lot of meditation every morning. Mm-hmm. I visualize myself on stage, being happy, having a good time. I usually start each presentation with a joke. <laughs> I've learned to laugh at myself. So that makes things a lot easier. Um, on the uh, meditation side, there's a lot of things, like I said, I do in the morning and evenings to get my mindset um, m- moving toward the things that I want in life. Um, I journal, I meditate, I visualize, I have a vision board. I dance every morning for about 20 minutes. I try to do that, um, especially on the weekends at lunch or lunchtime. And at night, I dance and I visualize the things that I want. And, wow. and when I visualize and I'm seeing myself on the stage, I'm seeing myself give a great presentation. I'm seeing myself doing my best. And that really helps me, after repetition of doing that, to be able to speak confidently. Because I've, I've, I've rehearsed in my mind so many times. Mm-hmm. And as far as practicing, boy, back in the day, we didn't have all this Facebook and YouTube and all that, <laughs> that we can practice make, sure. you know, doing videos. But what I would do is, it's so funny. I would actually set up pillows with pa- and, and draw happy faces <laughs> and take them on each pillow and on my chairs and any stuffed animal I had around the house as if it was my audience. And I would actually speak to them. Mm-hmm speak to them. And another turning point or pivoting point in my speaking career is when I learned to talk to someone as if they were a friend. That's great advice. And talk to their soul instead of this image. When you talk about your practice, that's something I, I do something very similar. If I'm preparing to speak, and um, now, like you said, we have video. So instead of like speaking to little pillows, I would, I would speak to a video and, and record right. myself. But it's a piece of advice I heard a long time ago is if you can't do it by yourself in a room with nobody watching, how do you think you're going to be able to do it well in front of hundreds or thousands of people? And I think a lot of us, we see people that are really good at speaking and we're like, man, they're just, they're so good at that. They do that naturally. You know, and and we don't often realize how much work, how many hours, like I know you've talked about practice and your practice at Toastmasters and how important that repetition is in order to become really uh, proficient at some activity. And it's like that with speaking too. these people that you see that are good at speaking, these stand up comedians, whatever, they have put in so many hours of practice to get to that point. And make it sound so easy. You know, people right. look at me now and say, Chris, I can't even imagine you being scared of anything as far as speaking on public. But I was. I really was. Mm-hmm. And it took practice in order to get to where I am today. So, and 
it's it's overcoming that insecurity and i i really it's almost like a superpower once you i think you get to that level where you're not really thinking about other people's criticisms of you or that insecurity isn't controlling your behavior anymore um it's really amazing how how for so long i let that stuff control my life even um in not getting up and speaking so in your content, you have a lot of good pieces of advice and I've gone through some of it and then pulled out some of my favorites. So I want to kind of drop a line to you and see if you can expound upon it and give us some more context around it. So uh, one thing you talk about a lot is passion and being passionate about what you're doing. So how important is that passion to you in what you're doing when you're communicating with others? Talk a little bit about the importance of being passionate. I think passion is so important. You know, it's a struggle. You're, we, people struggle when they're not doing something that they really enjoy doing. And yes, it may take a little bit of work to do that, but I've always admired public speakers. I wanted to be a public speaker, but now that I am, I have a skill. Now I can have fun with it. Now I'm going to have fun with it that I can teach and show others and help them get to where, you know, they want to be and transform their lives. Because speaking has taken me so far in life to opportunities, giving me opportunities that I would have never had if I would have stayed that little scared girl back in the day. But now I absolutely love it. And when I, if you look at my Facebook page, you'll see that hundreds of videos. And, you know, my mother laughs at me. She says, only you could like, sit there and look at the camera. And sometimes I'll do like 20 a day. I'll just like do 20 a day. And I have so much fun laughing and talking at this little camera. Uh -huh. But I love it. I'm passionate about it. And if I didn't love it, I wouldn't keep, continue to improve. And I think so. I think that's important in everything you could do. Yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree. I think sometimes... I see passionate people and I'm kind of a high energy person. I may, may not seem like it, but you know, I think high, high, high energy people, you know, we're, we're passionate and we talk with, with that passion. And sometimes people can interpret that as something else. If they're kind of like a different energy. I know Chris Voss, I don't know if you know, Chris, he talks a lot about that late night DJ voice when you're, when you're negotiating and, uh, I definitely, that's definitely not my typical mode of speaking. And especially when you're speaking with passion, you're not in late night DJ mode. But I thought that was kind of an interesting metaphor for, for another vocal style, kind of going into more of a, a laid back style. But I agree, you got to be passionate about what you're doing. Um, you talk about being crippled by fear. We touched on it a little bit already. But what's your approach when, when something comes to you and you're a little fearful of it now? I think now I'm completely past that point. I have gone through and I survived death of public speaking. So now I, I can um, evaluate each situation and I understand that, hey, that was the biggest part of my life, the biggest transformation I've ever done in my life. And I see that if I did that, I can pretty much do anything. Mm -hmm. It's all about public speaking. Now I can talk to anyone. It doesn't matter how rich they are, how poor they are, where they come from, what part of the country or what part of the world they come from. Right. They know they can always talk to me. 
as if I was their best friend because I'm here to help them. It's amazing how little we focus on public speaking in education and how much, like I a hundred percent agree. I think public speaking 10 X is everything you do. And if you can overcome that and, and become proficient at it, I mean, what an asset to be a good speaker. Um, so I love what you're doing, teaching other people how to do this. What's your favorite thing to tell new people and people that are maybe still battling some of those fears that we used to have? And um, I guess what's the most common mindset mistake that you see others making? The most common mindset mistake I see other people making is quitting. I see so many people start and they have no idea where I came from. I have not seen anyone that petrified before yet. And they still quit and never come back and never learn. And I, I really feel for them because I know that they're going to struggle through life. Mm -hmm. They really are going to struggle through life. And I hope, I hope that they come back and get another shot. One other thing you've talked about, Christy, is standing out from the crowd. And that's something that um, I started doing that when I watched, uh, I watched this guy, um, Antonio Santana at Real Men Real Style. I don't know if you've ever heard of this guy, but I watched him years ago. He talked about men's style. And uh, I challenged myself to kind of up my dress game and just always kind of dress a step up from people. When I, when I go into settings and, um, it's an interesting experience when you do that. Cause you, you do kind of stand out and, and what is the benefit of standing out like that? And, um, how can you stand out in a crowd? I think I've had a knack for staying at standing out because I probably because of my smile. I always smile. One thing that I do when I'm nervous, is I will smile and I will smile even bigger. It's a good habit. Because <laughs> I'm nervous. Yeah, <laughs> because I'm nervous. But I use that. I use that. And for me, I stand out by, hey, what are they looking? What are, what are people looking at? They're looking at my smile. So I'll change different lipstick colors and and things like that, just to give it a little pop, a little different, and then other than other people that they may see. You know, use those kind of things. Whether it's a bow tie that you like to wear, or funny hairstyle, or something like that make it a little different and change it up. But I think it's my smile that really attracts people when I'm smiling. And I, keep, I kept hearing that and hearing that. And I said, oh, okay. Well, that's what they're looking at the most is my smile. Let's kind of play that up a little bit more. Smiling is important. That's something I need to improve at. I actually took that down as a note when I saw one of your videos about smiling often. I was like, I need to smile, smile more. Philip, yes. I you know. Keep smiling. I know. <laughs> so you become who you hang around how has your circle and who you hang around maybe changed over your time now that you were, you know, fearful of speaking and now that you're not fearful anymore? Are you, do you attribute that to who you've been hanging around in any way? Absolutely. I think when I was uh, at a younger age, I wasn't hanging around people who had goals, had the motivation, had the drive as I did internally. Mm -hmm. But when I took that move to California during those times, I was surrounded by very professional, 
um, very successful people who were actually great, loving, genuine, genuine, and helpful people that if I had any question, they were always willing to spend time or take time to help me. And I think that was a huge, that played a huge part in uh, my leveling up and my success and my transformation mm-hmm. because I, I fed on that. And I'm the kind of person where, hey, don't tell me you're going to help me because I'm going to ask you every question I can and get all the help that I can. And I had literally like 20 great people that I was surrounded by who were like that. So I would spend as much time as I could in, in their company, in their environment, and learning from them as much as I could. And they helped me in so many different ways. And I'm so fortunate and honored for that. Yeah, I think this is one that you always hear it growing up. And I definitely took it for granted and didn't really understand the importance of becoming who you hang around. Um, and until recently, I've really started being more conscious of it. And I think lots of us get in trouble because obviously we, we're going to be hanging around our family, right? We love our family and, and, and our, our families are made up of you know, all sorts of different people that have different goals. And, and maybe they don't have that same drive that Christy Love has, right? to uh, go do some of the things that you're doing. And um, sometimes we can let that control our behavior or almost kind of crush some of those motivations we have. But I think it's so important to get around people that are doing the things that you want to be doing. You know, if, if you're not around people that are doing and living the life that you aspire to, then there's no way you're going to be able to get there on your own and, hanging around people that aren't doing those things. Right. Well, of course, as a, as a mentor and a coach, I am probably am now at a level where someone else is looking up to me that I can help them along. However, I, I continue to look for people who have that drive to improve themselves. If that's the case. Mm-hmm. On the other, on the other hand, the groups that I'm in, the, my social environment are always people who are doing things have things that I can learn from and who, who are more than willing to share that information as well to help me to become my best mm-hmm. and vice versa. So that, that is so important. And now I'm in a, in a space in my life where all of the people that I'm around are pretty much on the same playing field as I am. You know, we all have goals. We're all working towards something. Mm-hmm. So this shows about leadership in many ways, and there's many ways to, exhibit leadership. Obviously, you're showing great leadership in your coaching and helping people become better speakers and more confident in front of the camera. You talked in one of your videos about leaders letting go of their egos. And can you expound a little bit on where you see leaders showing a little too much ego and then maybe where sometimes they get accused of maybe having a little too much ego and it's, it might not be. Right. That's very unfortunate. Like I said, most of the leaders that I'm surrounded, whether I allow in my circle are people who help others who genuinely want to help others who want to help others succeed. But you know, there are people who don't, <laughs> unfortunately there are people who don't want to keep all that information to themselves and not help others. And it's unfortunate because they probably have a lot of value that they can um, provide for someone else and, and that was in my position or someone else who needs a little helping hand. So let go of the ego. 
let go of the ego, be yourself and be genuine and help others. That's what a leader is. That's what a leader is, is able to pinpoint those people who have the desire to become someone and, and use uh, your expertise to help them along. Have you ever been accused when you started putting out a bunch of videos of yourself? Have, have you ever run into anybody that perceived something like that as having a little bit too much ego mm. or, uh, you know, Hey, you're taking all these videos of yourself. You know, you must be pretty into yourself, Christy. <laughs> I have not. I think one person kind of did. And I also have a video of that is, Hey, there's this button called delete, <laughs> you know, <laughs> because they're haters, you know, and, yeah. and um, I have probably lost a few friends that I don't see all that much. At the beginning, they were all excited that I was doing this, but then they're like, okay, you know, okay, she's getting bigger. She's getting bigger. She's getting bigger. You know, she's blowing up now. Um, now she's you know, out of the water. So let me not associate with her anymore. And that's, you know, that's their issue. That's their issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's, it's very interesting how people can show their insecurities and almost kind of reflect them onto to others when they start doing things that, you know, they're not comfortable doing. And, uh, it's such great advice, which you just gave, you know, surround yourself with those good people that are, have goals and are doing big things that are going to benefit you. And yeah, you, you're going to have haters and not everyone's going to like what you're doing, but you don't have to focus on them or let them control what you're doing. Oh no. So building up other people, you uh you talk about building up other people you talk about being a role model you talk about your level of success being determined by your thoughts let's focus on building up other people do you think people out there are building up other people as much as they need to or can we all get a little bit better at that i think we all can get a little bit better if you remember I am where I am today because someone built me up. Someone had the time and had the interest in me and saw something in me to help build me up. So it's my duty, my responsibility to others to build them up. I wish I saw more of that. Nowadays, I'm I'm noticing people are really to themselves. You know, they're sitting in line, always on this thing called social media, which I guess is good because they're probably looking at my face, (laughs) (laughs) but they're, they're self-centered. And I, I always wonder, I'm like, where's the compassion? Where's the, um, uh, you know, the, what do you call it? The, um, empathy for other people that's gone. It's, it's going, it's, it's there but it's going and I don't see that much. And the respect for others, the respect for other people as individuals, you know, it's either a this or that, or, or, you know, or yes or no, or they're this or they're that. What about people? I love people. Yeah. I don't care where you're from. I'm here to help. It's too easy to take sort of take people for granted and, and kind of forget that the people are the important part. And, Something you said earlier about visualizing reminded me of what you were just talking about where somebody saw something in you, Christy, and 
you know, maybe you wouldn't have seen that. And to me, that's something that really good leaders have is that vision. And they can almost see that potential in people that they wouldn't even, those, those people might not even know it was there. And I've had some good leaders in my life that, you know, really helped me gain a lot of confidence because they had a vision for something I could become that I would never have even dreamed of. And um, it sounds like you had that too with some of your mentors. I did. So yeah. who, who are, well, I won't ask you who they are necessarily, but do you have key mentors that you still lean on in your life? And uh, what's your, what's your approach to uh, mentorship? My mentors are the people that really helped me previously have changed over the years. You know, I've moved uh, to Houston. Things have changed. I'm, and now mostly I'm helping others. I'm helping others. And I, as I help others, I see myself grow. Mm-hmm. I'm also doing my own spiritual guidance. You know, I have mentors that I've, you know, taken courses online for different mentorship. Um, there's one that was a huge help in pivoting my life, Chanel Cooper Sykes. I'm also in various groups like the 365 Driven Community mm-hmm. has helped me tremendously. Yeah, me too. Um, but my ritual, my morning ritual, that's one thing that I do not deter from. Every morning I wake up, every morning I walk straight to, I have a, a, I call it a prayer meditation room where I get on the floor and I visualize all the things that I want. I see it, I smell it, I feel it. And that alone, since I've done that for the last, let's say three years, my life has transformed. Yeah. Some people, when, when you talk about it, I'm a Christian. So from my, uh, my Christian background, you hear people talk about meditation and visualization and it can kind of sound funky or like, man, what are they doing? You almost kind of get your wall kind of goes up. Like, what are they talking about? But something I think is a really good metaphor for the visualization thing. And my wife was talking about it the other day because we were talking about getting a different car, uh, a vehicle. And you talk about a certain vehicle and it's maybe not one you see very often, but just because you have it in your mind, now you see that vehicle everywhere, right? Right. And so to me, that's what visualization is all about. It's about having those things in your mind. So when the opportunities come, you'll actually be able to see it. Right. Because right. unless you're thinking about it, you're going to miss it. It might be right in front of your face. That's true. And I'm a Christian as well. So the first thing I do when I get on that floor is my prayer, mm-hmm. uh, my devotion, um, you know, speaking to my Lord. And then I spend time, you know, doing, doing the work is what I call it, the work. Mm-hmm. the work that I need to do to, to build my life first internally and make it a reality. So that may take, it may involve, like I said, the journaling, the yeah. visualization, the, the look at my vision board and the dancing. So I spend about 45 minutes every single morning in that room and mm-hmm. it's my room. No one goes in that room. It's my sacred space, my sacred place where I go there and I do my work. It's funny how, I see so many people who probably may think, man, that's just 45 minutes. Like I don't have time for that. You know, I, I'm so busy with doing all this important stuff. I I don't have time for that. But to me, that thought time, that time to sit and think and visualize and have your time, that's going to make you 10 times more productive toward what you want to accomplish throughout the day. And that it's so important to make that time to think about things and just, you know, write things down, journal. Like I love, I love the journaling. I think writing, I think there's something to writing like pen and paper writing. 
I've, I haven't converted over to any of these tablets yet. I don't know if you have any of those tablets you can write on like paper, but um, I like just pen and paper, blue pen, <laughs> paper. You but, know uh, what? You don't have time not to do it. That's what I see. You don't have time not to do it because I went through years of struggling, years of struggling. And when I started doing this, that's when my life transformed. You know, I visualized the car I wanted. I got sure. that. I visualized the husband I wanted. I got that. I visualized mm-hmm. the home I wanted. I got that. Right. You know, and now I'm visualizing my business and right. look where I am now talking to Mr. Philip Swanson. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Big time. Big time. From Detroit. There you go. So, um, yeah, it's funny. I, a perception thing I've struggled with because I've been employing some of those similar strategies, the, the thinking time, the journaling, you get to a point where you, you reach a level of efficiency and it could almost be perceived as laziness. And, and like some people who don't get it, they like, you don't, they're like, you know, you don't seem like you're frantically running around busy, crazy busy all the time. And you're not like, you know, always stressed and putting in all these crazy hours and things. And, you know, it's like, well, you know, I'm still, we're still super productive and getting all sorts of things done. Right. So it's, it's an attitude and approach that I, it's that efficiency is huge. And um, so that's great advice. And, And anybody out there in the GLE world who hasn't employed significant thought time, journaling, great things to do, really focusing on your goals and and getting really clear on what you want to accomplish and, and your plans to get there. One question I like to ask, you never know who's going to see this years and years and years down the road. Your, our, our, uh, great, great, great grandkids, you know, or (laughs) our nieces and nephews or whoever might see this someday. Um, and they'll be like, Hey, you know, there's, there's, uh, Grandma, great, 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 grandma Christie and, and great, 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 great uncle Phil. So what would you tell those future generations? If you, if you could leave them one, I'll give you one to three things to tell them. One. What would you leave them with? I would just tell them that they are special. They are important. They do matter. And whatever is out there, whatever you are scared of, whatever you're frightened of, is only an image. Do the work. Do the work. Be persistent. Practice. Do whatever it takes to get over that hump. Because when you get over that hump to the other side, it's going to be such a better life for you. It's one that you're going to enjoy and be passionate about. Amen. I. I agree wholeheartedly. Christy, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you. I'm so grateful to be hearing all this great advice. And I know that the GLE audience is too. If they want to find out more, where can they find you? They can find me on my website at beseenbeloved.com. Also, I am creating a new course now that will help anyone who's struggling with communicating and getting the message out. It's called From Sage Right to Superstar. So look out for that. It's how to break free from your shell and get your message out to the world. Awesome. Christy, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. You take care. If you enjoyed today's show, give it a five-star rating, follow, subscribe, and head on over to GoLeadEverything.com to learn more about the Go Lead Everything movement. For more great content daily, follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at RealPhilSwanson, Facebook and LinkedIn at Philip Swanson, 
And for videos of these episodes and other great video content daily, subscribe to the Phil Swanson channel on YouTube. Now go lead everything.